Virginia. Where the spirit of 1.8 million West Virginians wills you to victory. Other places have pro teams, but in this state, the Mountaineers are a way of life. When I competed, and more that number, I competed for the state and for the people, not just for the university. Now, let's roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. That's not a spree. Yes! Alexander. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Episode 9 of the 2022-2023 edition of the CRW Hoops Podcast as we continue to cover the West Virginia men's basketball season that now sees WVU sitting at 15-9 and overall. 4-7 and seven in the Big 12 Conference this season. A couple of wins in a row that we're going to discuss here in a bit. we got a couple game reviews to get to, and then we're going to look ahead to a couple game previews of a couple games that are on the road, both taking place in Texas as West Virginia takes a quick Texas road trip for a Saturday game followed by a Monday game. West Virginia having a road trip to Texas that'll see them face the Longhorns and Baylor. We'll preview both of those games here to close out the episode. Before that, we will review the games against Oklahoma and Iowa State that have occurred most recently to see West Virginia reach this current 15-9 overall record and now 4-7 and seven in the Big 12. But before we get into the actual game reviews, I did want to take a second and update something that I mentioned on CRW Hoops Episode 8, of course, and that was over these final nine games, we need a West Virginia to probably at least get five wins, go five and four over those nine games if we want to have a chance at the NCAA tournament. And, of course, two of those games down now, so wanted to take a second to update the situation on this critical final game stretch for West Virginia here in these final nine games. Already two wins out of the way with seven games to go, so West Virginia got to get three more wins over their final seven, but they're off to a great start with a couple of wins. Let's talk about each of those now, starting first with the win over Oklahoma and a dominating performance from this past Saturday. All right, so we won't spend too much time on this one. As we all know, an absolutely dominating performance by West Virginia in the win over Oklahoma. This game taking place back on February the 4th. This brought West Virginia to 14-9 at the time. And West Virginia really had this one never in doubt. This is honestly the best performance of the season. You know, one of the only complete game performances we've seen from West Virginia this season. And Eric Stevenson had yet another awesome showing. And for the second time in about a week span, he broke his career high for West Virginia. We saw him score 31 a few games ago, and then in this game against Oklahoma, he came out on fire yet again. 34 points for Eric Stevenson, and with West Virginia having a lead in hand that was so large, Bob Huggins actually kept uh, Stevenson on the bench for a lot of the second half, or I do believe Eric Stevenson probably would have had a 40-point game, which I know that a lot of us probably have not seen since Deshaun Butler when he had 43, I believe it was, against Villanova. That was an awesome game to watch, and this performance by Stevenson, very similar to that one from Deshaun, he kind of 
brought back those vibes. I believe that I heard a stat that he's the first West Virginia Mountaineer to score 30-plus in back-to-back home games since the 1980s. So really impressive performances by Eric Stevenson in the back-to-back home games here, with the second one being this win over Oklahoma in which West Virginia really came out, looked hungry, and dominated from start to finish. They played great defensively, and they were hitting all of their shots offensively as well. It seemed that they could just do whatever they wanted really in this one, and I was glad to see West Virginia finally have a game where it seemed like they put it all together, and hopefully West Virginia is starting to put it all together as a team at the right time here at the right portion of the season here towards the end as you head into conference tournament play and get set to hopefully play in the NCAA tournament. This would be the perfect time for West Virginia to start being more cohesive as a team and really clicking, if you will. And I think this game against Oklahoma showed how dangerous they can be if they are able to do that. Looking at some of the numbers here, West Virginia shot 47% from the field. Like I said, a great job shooting the basketball while holding Oklahoma to only 37% from the field. The Sooners only shot 24% from the three-point line, 5 of 21, whereas West Virginia shot 41% from the three-point line. And West Virginia, i got to tip my cap to their free-throw shooting as of late. It was an area of concern early in the season, but it seems like they've really done a good job of correcting that and making it a strength of theirs, which really helps West Virginia because they're a team that gets to the line a lot, usually more than their opponent, and it can really help them get some wins in these games. As you can see here, got to the line 31 times, hit 77% of those, whereas Oklahoma really struggled, kind of something similar to what we saw West Virginia do early in the season. They only hit 12, 22, 54% from the line. West Virginia did a phenomenal job on the offensive glass and the glass in general really 15 offensive rebounds and 43 total rebounds compared to Oklahoma's 35 and then turnovers is the area I think also if I'm pointing out two areas that I think have really improved for West Virginia that have helped them you know continue to get better throughout this season and get on this a uh, little bit of a winning role we've seen here as of late. I think, you know, I mentioned rebounds, but I think that those were more of a mixed bag than negative early in the season, whereas turnovers were definitely a negative, as was free throw shooting. I already talked about free throw shooting and how it has improved. I think turnovers has improved vastly as well. West Virginia ends up with 10 in this game, but a lot of those came late, kind of in garbage time, if you will, when West Virginia was being a little bit more sloppy, not saying that that's a good thing, but the game was well in hand at that point. West Virginia did have single-digit turnovers, and I think that that is a big reason they were able to, you know, dominate this game as they took care of the basketball and if West Virginia continues to do that you know throughout the season we will see good results for the Mountaineers if they can keep that turnover number down I do believe there's a look at the team stats here in this win over Oklahoma as you can see 93 to 61 West Virginia defeats the Sooners by 32 points earning their 14th win of the season individually for West Virginia we already mentioned Eric Stevenson he was definitely the main standout for West Virginia he is uh, every time he's had a good game West Virginia as a team seems to really rally around him and it raises the level of play of those around him I think as well and I really got to tip my cap to Eric Stevenson as well because we all know the situation after the Oklahoma State game he could have easily hung his head and said oh man one more bad thing and I'm gone the coach is against me but instead it's kind of you know there was a few bad performances following that game but since then once he's got it turned around he has really got it turned around I think he's being a team leader of this West Virginia Mountaineer team not only on the stat sheet but on the court as well really doing some good things uh, whether it be scoring or otherwise but in this game, it was certainly scoring and just red hot from behind the three-point line. Six of 11, awesome performance there. 34 points, six rebounds, three assists, and two steals from Eric Stevenson. And I think one of the most vital things to look at in this performance that allowed him to have this type of game is something that I've harped on, especially early in the season 
when it seemed like he had four fouls or was found out of almost every game, is if he stays out of foul trouble, it really helps West Virginia a lot. Only two fouls in this game. That allowed him to play 30 minutes in which he racked up 34 points. Great performance. West Virginia's other starters kind of struggled to score the basketball, save for Kedrian Johnson, who we know has really came on scoring-wise this season, and it was another great performance from Keedy, especially from the free-throw line where he went 8 of 8. He's done a great job for West Virginia at the line there this season. Also added two steals of his own, as we know he's good on defense. So those were kind of the two starters for West Virginia that was in double figures. Other than that, the Mountaineers only had one more player in double figures, and it may surprise you, and that's James Aconquo, who I'm kind of starting to affectionately refer to as myself as James Ablockwo with how he's becoming such a rim protector for the Mountaineers. We'll talk more about that when we talk about the game against Iowa State. But he's had a block at least one, it seems like, in all of the recent games here. And I think in this one, we saw him, you know, dominate the glass again. We've seen him do it time and time again here in recent games, especially offensively. He's really doing a good job cleaning up the offensive glass. As you see here, six rebounds for him on the offensive glass, four on defense, 10 rebounds, but he also added 10 points. So the youngster gets a double-double in only 14 minutes of play. Heck of a job off the bench from James Ablockwo. 10 points, 10 rebounds, and one block. And speaking of blocks, I think Mo Wagee had kind of seen James Ablockwo's performances here in recent weeks and didn't want to be upstaged in this game against Oklahoma because he came out looking like a little bit of a rim protector himself at times in this one as Mo Wagee actually finished the game with three blocks. Four points, five rebounds, and three blocks from Mo Wagee. So West Virginia's young backup big men continuing to do a better job and continuing to get better as they're just both kind of becoming acquainted with the game of basketball, just started playing it in recent years, and both of them, I think, have a lot of potential moving forward, and we're starting to see some of that shine through now. And then other than that, West Virginia's bench scores that really have helped them throughout the season have been Joe Toussaint and Seth Wilson. Both those contributed in this game. Seth Wilson going two or three from the three-point line, whereas Joe Toussaint hit seven of his eight free throws, nine points for Toussaint to go with three steals, and then you get eight points from Seth Wilson off the bench as well. So West Virginia, all in all, can't complain too much about the performances all around. Eric Stevenson, you know, when you have 34 points, you're really going to carry the team a lot. But I think West Virginia's backup big men were a story in this game against Oklahoma as well. So there's a look at the individual numbers, following a look at the team stats that allowed West Virginia to get a dominating 93-60 to win over Oklahoma to earn their 14th win of the season back on February 4th. Then West Virginia had to turn around in a short time span and play what is arguably the top team in the Big 12 this season. They've been up there in the conference rankings throughout the season. They were number 11 in the nation in this game against West Virginia. And let's take a look at it now. The most recent West Virginia basketball game as the Mountaineers took on one of the top teams in the conference and one of the top 15 teams in the nation at the time, the Iowa State Cyclones. All right, so here we are back on Wednesday, February the 8th. West Virginia welcomed the 11th-ranked Iowa State Cyclones into Morgantown for a night game in the Coliseum. The West Virginia crowd was ready, and the Mountaineers were ready as well as they pretty much picked up exactly where they left off against Oklahoma. Really great performance, especially in the first half of this game against Iowa State. They got up to, I believe, a 15-point lead at one time. Iowa State, you know, cut into that, got it down to six at half, and then the second half was an absolute battle between the two teams going back and forth. Ultimately, Iowa State actually outscores the Mountaineers in the second half, but West Virginia is able to capitalize on some big plays down the stretch there in a crazy final 10 seconds of this game. One of the 
craziest final 10 seconds of a game you will probably see. But ultimately, West Virginia capitalizes on some big plays by Joe Toussaint to end up with a 76-71 to win to earn a second consecutive victory, which also was their 15th victory of the season, making the West Virginia Mountaineers 15-9 and and 4-7 and in the Big 12, as I mentioned at the start of this episode, their current record that they now possess heading into a couple more games this weekend here as they get close to wrapping up the men's basketball season, needing a few wins here to reach the NCAA tournament, but they are certainly on a good path now as they have two wins in a row, both coming in conference. And this one here, we know the one over Oklahoma was very impressive just because doing it in dominating fashion, but I would argue that this win over Iowa State was just as impressive just because of how impressive these Cyclones themselves have been throughout this season They have been one of the top teams in the conference and, as I said, ranked 11th in the nation coming into this one. So great performance by West Virginia. And as I said earlier, hopefully they're really starting to put it together at a time when they really need it here to close out the season. And if you can get on a run late, that's all it takes is getting the right chemistry late when it comes tournament time and you can string a few wins together. Who knows what could happen? But we do know what happened in this game against Iowa State. Let's take a look at some of the team statistics here as West Virginia was able to pull off the big win over the Cyclones. Iowa State shot 46% from the field compared to West Virginia's 42% from the field. The Cyclones were held to 33% from beyond the arc, and I think that's a good job by West Virginia there. That stands out to me in this game. Iowa State does have some good three-point shooters, and I think for the second consecutive game in both of these wins, West Virginia has done a really good job defending the three-point line with some outside perimeter defense that has been very strong, and West Virginia has done a great job of shooting the basketball from deep themselves. Emmett Matthews mentioned in the post-game interviews he thinks this team doesn't have good shooters They have great shooters, and they certainly showed that in this game, 42% from beyond the arc. And then yet again, the area that has really been important for West Virginia to improve down the stretch here if they wanted to get some of these wins because I think a lack of success in this area earlier in the season cost them a few games that they probably could have won, you know, two or three more games already this season they that they lost if they would have been doing better at free throws. And then, as I said, though, here down the stretch, seems like they've really focused on it and done a great job of turning that around and turning a negative into a positive for this team. That showed again in this game, 84% from the free throw line. Rebounds, Iowa State actually did a great job on the glass, out-rebounding West Virginia 30-23. to However, West Virginia forced Iowa State into 14 turnovers while only turning the ball over 11 times themselves which is probably a little bit higher than what you'd like to see. I know you'd like to see single digits, of course, for West Virginia, but versus some of those games earlier in the season, I know there was a stretch where they had nearly 40 turnovers in two games. So for West Virginia to be down, you know, 10 or under for a couple consecutive games and to, you know, have less turnovers than their opponent ultimately, I think is should be the goal for West Virginia. And in this game, they turned TC, I mean, turned Iowa State, TC, excuse me, turned Iowa State over. 14 times while only turning the ball over 11 times themselves. So that ended up being another good advantage for West Virginia and something that really is helping them get some of these wins here, taking care of the basketball and making free throws, something we couldn't say earlier in the season. So if nothing else, we are certainly seeing improvement from this West Virginia Mountaineers basketball team. That's a look at the team stats here from the most recent West Virginia basketball game. Let's take a look at some individual numbers that really stand out for West Virginia in this one. I think coming into this game, one thing we probably all predicted and thought would happen there would be a heavy focus on Eric Stevenson when you're averaging, you know, 27 points a game over your last three and you have 
two 30-plus point games in those three games. The team's really going to focus on you. They definitely did. He also had a bit of an injury earlier in the game where he got hit in the head, so who knows you know, if he was 100% for the remainder of the game. So ultimately, Iowa State focused on Eric Stevenson, and they did a pretty decent job of that, holding to 0 of 2 from the three-point line, 1 of 6 from the field. He did hit all of his free throws, 6 of 6 there, end up with 8 points ultimately fouled out here in the final couple minutes of the game. However, for West Virginia, if they were going to win this game, we knew that there would have to be some other players not named Eric Stevenson to step up, especially scoring-wise, and West Virginia really got that from two of their other starters. And I think the one I want to talk about first is Emmett Matthews because I think a lot of people have been really hard on Emmett in recent weeks talking about maybe he shouldn't even be in the starting lineup, things like that. But I think Emmett really is the guy that you know, I've said this since the beginning of the season, that he's the glue guy of this team. I think sometimes people look at the stat sheet and think that he's struggling, but I think he does a great job usually defending the opposing team's best player a lot of the time. And then he also just really, I think, is, like I said, the glue guy that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, kind of the heart of this team that makes it all go. I think some of these new faces when they come in off the bench, these new players that haven't been playing in a while, he really helps them get into the right positions, whether it be sets on offense or defense that they're running at the time. He really helps them, you know, translate their rotations on defense and things maybe they're not understanding. I think even Matthews gives you that, player that's like a coach on the floor because he's been around so long here in his sixth year of college basketball and he also knows Bob Huggins in this program very well but I was really excited to see him and Matthew step up and have a big game for West Virginia in this one when they really needed it from him he had an awesome performance 70 percent from the field seven of ten one of two from the three-point line five of six from the free throw line also snagged five boards 20 points and five rebounds for Emmett Matthews. So shout out to Emmett in this one. Awesome performance. We knew some Mountaineers would have to step up, and they indeed did do so. And he was one of them that did that. And the other one, of course, is a guy that we got to continue to bring up. I've talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode that he's continued to improve offensively as a scorer, and that's Keedy Johnson. 22 points, six assists for the Mountaineers in this game. But I think most impressively is he went the entire distance, played all 40 minutes for the Mountaineers, was really relied upon to be a workhorse in this one, kind of an Ironman mentality there to go the full distance. But he does it, and he performed well while doing so, leading the Mountaineers in scoring with 22 points, 3 of 6 from the three-point line, 8 of 14 from the field, and 3 of 4 from the free-throw line. The other Mountaineer starters, Jimmy Belt, only two points, but he did snag four rebounds, hit both of his free throws. That's the good side of that. Trey Mitchell, I think, in a bit of a slump right now, we could all probably agree, but I'm sure that's going to come back around the other way. We know early in conference play, he was really the one that was helping carry West Virginia, so hopefully he can come back around and West Virginia can kind of get all of these pieces clicking at once here. Like I said, right at the right time, it would be perfect if they were able to do it You know, during conference tournament or even NCAA tournament time, but nine points, two rebounds, for Trey Mitchell. West Virginia's big man off the bench, as I said, James Ablockwo has really been kind of pacing those minutes now and really taking some away from Wagee. That happened again in this game as Ablockwo finished with 14 minutes compared to Wagee's two, and Ablockwo nearly grabbed 10 rebounds yet again. Four points, nine rebounds, and of course, three big blocked shots. Some of them very impressive there from our guy James Ablockwo. And then Joe Toussaint, you got to mention, coming off the bench, he's kind of been the spark for West Virginia a lot this season. 
He played alongside Keedy Johnson in this game. As I said, you know, Keedy Johnson played all 40 minutes, so they did get to play together a good bit. You know, Huggins said he likes that aspect of getting to do that, but worries about them, you know, getting the free throw trouble because he can't afford to lose both of them. But I think with Joe Toussaint, we can talk about a stat line here, which of course is eight points, two assists. But the big thing, six of six from the free throw line, but when Talking about Joe Toussaint's performance in this game, I think it was very fitting, and I put this out on our Twitter, which follow us there if you don't already, at WVU Country Roads. It was very fitting that Joe Toussaint was the one that closed out this game for West Virginia in the end. Joe Toussaint being a former Iowa Hawkeye, having dealt with the rivalry against Iowa State, I'm sure he has experience with this team, so kind of poetic that he's the one that closed out the win for West Virginia. I believe it was nine seconds left. He had a couple free throws to put West Virginia up, then right immediately down on the other end, Iowa State needing a three-point shot. He takes a charge to give West Virginia ultimately, you know, still the win there. Hits free throws on offense, then immediately subsequently goes down on the other end and takes a charge. Just two huge plays that ultimately led to the win there in the final 10 seconds that was pretty crazy here in this game, but West Virginia was able to pull off the 76-71 to 71 win over Iowa State. So that puts the West Virginia Mountaineers at 15-9 and nine overall in the season and 4-7 and seven in Big 12 play, as I stated earlier. Currently, their record now heading into a couple games that they will play in the state of Texas, one coming on Saturday against the Longhorns, and then a quick turnaround for a Monday game against the Baylor Bears in Waco. So we will talk a little bit about both of those games here briefly before we close out here on Episode 9 of the CRW Hoops Podcast. All right, so next up for the West Virginia Mountaineers, a Saturday contest in Austin, taking on the number five-ranked Texas Longhorns. That's right. doesn't get any easier for West Virginia. You just beat the 11th-ranked team in the country. Your reward, hit the road and take on the number five-ranked team in the country, the Texas Longhorns, currently 19-5 and overall and 8-3 and in the Big 12. Tough matchup for West Virginia here, as they all are in the Big 12, especially on the road, West Virginia has one of the toughest schedules in the nation, and a lot of that is due to playing in the Big 12 Conference, a conference looking like it may get eight out of their 10 teams, potentially even, into the NCAA tournament. So things don't get any easier for West Virginia, but they got to find a way to steal at least one of these road games probably here down the stretch as they do have a few of these. Hopefully they can win their home contest and steal one on the road. That will get them to the aforementioned on Episode 8 Five wins that I think West Virginia needs to obtain over these final nine games, which is now the final seven games, and they only need three more considering they got two in the first two games following me making that claim in Episode 8. But looking at this matchup against Texas, as I said, it's a tough one. ESPN, FBI, giving the Longhorns an 80% chance to win. As far as recent performances from these teams, though, the good news for West Virginia is they've won four out of their last five. Their only loss coming on the road to TCU. And for Texas, they have won three out of their last five. However, most recently, they are coming off a loss to the Kansas Jayhawks back on February 6th. The other loss coming to a very good Tennessee club back on January 28th. So both teams having relative success over their last five games. Texas having a lot of success in general across the entire season. Very impressive with the interim coach on board after losing Chris Beard and the university deciding to part ways from him following the domestic abuse situation there. However, Texas has not really missed a beat despite losing him. Looking at the team stats and how these two teams compare, 79 points a game for Texas versus 78 a game for West Virginia. 
Texas has given up 68 and a half points a game. West Virginia's given up 69. So very similar numbers there. 46% field goal percentage for West Virginia versus 48% for Texas. 35 rebounds a game for Texas, 34 rebounds a game for West Virginia. 16 assists for Texas per game versus 13 for West Virginia. Three blocks a game for the Mountaineers, four blocks a game for the Longhorns. Eight steals a game for Texas, six and a half for West Virginia. So pretty evenly matched across the board for the most part there. Individual standouts, of course, Marcus Carr for Texas. You got to mention one of the better players in the conference. Leads them in both scoring and assists, 17 points a game, four assists a game. And then Timmy Allen, as we know and are familiar with, brother of former West Virginia player and then college basketball journeyman there, Teddy Allen, a.k.a. Teddy Buckets. And Timmy Allen leads the Longhorns in rebounds at five a game. West Virginia, of course, paced by Eric Stevenson scoring-wise, now up to 14.5 points per game. Jimmy Bell leads the Mountaineers in rebounds, grabbing nearly six per game. And the aforementioned Keedy Johnson, who's having a great final season with West Virginia, leads the Mountaineers at assists with just over three per game. I think this is going to be a tough contest for West Virginia going on the road to Austin, but I think it's coming at a good time, at least when West Virginia is kind of clicking right now. So hopefully West Virginia, you know, I think they're going to need to possibly – well, I don't know if I want to say need to. That might be a stretch, but it would be a great thing if West Virginia could split these two road games against Texas and Baylor. Me personally, I think that I like our chances of beating Texas better just because the short turnaround against Baylor I'm not too confident in. Um, I don't know if I like it enough to predict a win here, though, against Texas. If I'm forced to make a prediction, I think West Virginia will battle and it will be close, but Texas wins it in the end maybe by three to four points but it's going to be a tough contest here coming up saturday noon tip off on espn2 here on february 11th if you want to tune in and watch the mountaineers take on the longhorns hopefully they're able to continue their winning ways there but following that game they will hit the road remaining in the state of texas this time heading to waco to take on another talented big 12 team in the baylor bears All right, as I said, the Big 12 extremely tough. You get no breaks in this conference, and that continues after playing a top five Texas team. Hit the road two days later to take on the Baylor Bears, which will be West Virginia's third consecutive game against a top 15 opponent. We saw them beat Iowa State. They will then play Texas and Baylor here, all three of which ranked in the top 15. So very tough conference, but West Virginia, I think, has a good basketball team able to compete in these games. So a string of tough matchups for West Virginia, but we've already seen them knock one of those opponents down in the Iowa State Cyclones. So hopefully they're able to have some Similar success down in the state of Texas here for these two games. But looking at this second one here, the latter of the two, which we'll see West Virginia play the Baylor Bears, who are currently 18-6 and six on the season. And this, as I said, will be on Monday, February 13th. It's going to be a late tip there, 9 p.m. Televised on ESPN2, though, if you want to check that out. ESPN FBI favoring Baylor here. 77% chance to win compared to 23% chance for West Virginia, according to the matchup predictor here on ESPN.com, which you guys that are watching on the video side can see as I've been sharing this along with you guys. and want to take a second here and point out if you are tuned in on the video version, whether it be on our YouTube channel here on the Country Roads webcast or on the WV Sports Now YouTube channel, you can find us on either one as we are a part of the Sports Now family of networks. So you can find our show 
on the web there and a lot of great other Mountaineer sports content at wvsportsnow.com. But if you're tuned into that video version, do us a favor, hit a thumbs up there, give us a like on the video, really helps its performance, which in turn helps future videos performances on the channel. And if you're a West Virginia fan and you haven't already, be sure and hit the subscribe button. Helps us and it helps you as it helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. But if you're tuned in on the audio side, which you can find on any podcast platform you like, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Do us a favor if you're on Apple Podcasts, though, leave us a rating. That really helps. But if you're on any of the other podcast platforms, be sure and share us around with other Mountaineer fans. You may know that really helps spread the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation as well. Having said that, let's take a look here at how the Bears and Mountaineers match up statistically as a team. Baylor is averaging 79 points a game compared to 77.5 for West Virginia. Both teams giving up exactly 69.2 points per game. 45% from the field for West Virginia, 45% for Baylor. 36 rebounds a game for Baylor, 34 for the Mountaineers. 13 assists for the Mountaineers per game versus 15 for Baylor. Both teams averaging three blocks per game. Baylor stealing the ball seven times a game versus six for West Virginia. Individually, Keontae George we know is a standout for Baylor. He had 30-plus points the first time they played West Virginia, and the Mountaineers are going to have to do a good job trying to contain him or at least you know, he probably is going to get his in some way. Hopefully you can limit the other Baylor Bears as well. They do have a slew of guys that can really hurt you. They still have Flagler, Bonner, etc. Slew of talented guards. All can shoot the basketball. Extremely athletic as well. And speaking of Flagler, he does lead the Baylor Bears in assists with five a game. And the leading rebounder for the Baylor Bears this season will be a familiar name, of course. And that is Jalen Bridges. We got to see him come into Morgantown already this season. Now we get to go to Waco and face him on the Baylor Bears home court. It didn't work out the way we wanted on his homecoming, if you will, back to West Virginia as Baylor ultimately secured that victory. But maybe West Virginia is able to get a win over Baylor here so they can at least get one up on Jalen Bridges again and have that series even here and then see what happens. Maybe they will play again in the Big 12 tournament. Who knows, but... Would love to see West Virginia get a win over Baylor. That's just an extra motivating factor, I'm sure, for Mountaineer fans is hoping to see West Virginia uh, make Jalen Bridges regret leaving the Mountaineers. But ultimately, so far this season, that hadn't happened in their earlier meeting. So we'll see what happens in this game. So maybe hopefully a better result for the good guys, I guess you could say, um, is what we can hope for in this game. West Virginia, as I mentioned earlier in the preview against Texas, their season leaders, Eric Stevenson, in points with 14.5 per game. Keedy Johnson averaging 3.2 assists per game leads the Mountaineers and Jimmy Bell, the leading rebounder for the Mountaineers, at 5.8 rebounds per game. And I know I sound like a broken record here probably, but it's another tough matchup for West Virginia. It's tough to win on the road in the Big 12 Conference. And I think it's especially tough when you have a quick turnaround. You're not coming back to West Virginia. You're going to stay in the state of Texas. You're just going to go from Austin to Waco, playing the Longhorns on Saturday, go over to Waco, play the Baylor Bears on Monday. That's a tall task for anyone to, you know, secure a win in such a short time frame. But I think if anyone can do it, it's West Virginia and Bob Huggins. So fingers crossed they're able to do so. Um, I think I want to see the West Virginia Mountaineers split these two games. And I know I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit here because I know I said I felt like it was probably more likely West Virginia to beat Texas because of such a short turnaround against Baylor. But if West Virginia doesn't beat Texas, 
I think they beat Baylor. I just kind of that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. I think West Virginia has a good chance to split these games. So I think if they lose to Texas, they beat Baylor. If they beat Texas, they may lose to Baylor. But hey, I'm all for West Virginia winning both of these. Let's do it. Let's get two conference road wins and let's keep this winning streak going that we've seen West Virginia win two in a row. Why not let's see us win two more in a row? I'd be super hyped to see it. But I definitely think West Virginia seems to be hitting their stride at the right time and they've got a great chance in both of these basketball games as we're getting close to the end of the regular season here in the 2022-2023 West Virginia men's basketball season as it's getting exciting here trying to see the West Virginia Mountaineers earn these final victories down the stretch and ultimately reach the NCAA tournament. They're off to a good start. Hopefully they can keep it rolling here as they hit this road trip down to Texas to face the Longhorns and the Bears. All right, so there you have it, Mountaineer Nation. couple game reviews in the books as well as looking ahead to the next two West Virginia men's basketball games here. As we get close to closing out the 2022-2023 WVU basketball season, I want to say I really appreciate you guys tuning into these CRW Hoops episodes when I've been able to drop them here throughout the season. Going to continue to stay with you guys here down the stretch and, of course, into tournament play. I'm really excited here. haven't really covered basketball extensively here on the Country Roads webcast, so getting into the tournament hopefully West Virginia is able to and we'll be able to have some podcast episodes here dealing with March Madness which I'm super excited about I'm sure we will have a Country Roads webcast group there on the ESPN Men's Tournament Challenge for you guys in the community to play along with us and just have some fun there with some bracket selections whether West Virginia makes the tournament or not which I you know I predicted early in the season I think it was episode one here of the podcast our season preview that West Virginia would be a tournament team this season I'm sticking by that like I said I think they need five wins over their final nine games they've already got two of them so three more over these last seven let's get those and let's go dance in Mountaineer Nation but we'll be here to talk about it all along the way appreciate you guys tuning into this episode we'll be back following that game against Baylor as she has a bit of a break there as they don't play again until the following Saturday so plenty of days in between there in which we will drop what will be then episode 10 of the CRW Hoops podcast but really appreciate you guys tuning in here to episode 9 and looking forward to these next two West Virginia basketball games Hopefully we can see the West Virginia Mountaineers continue their winning ways that we saw against Iowa State and Oklahoma. West Virginia is really looking very good right now. And like I said, hopefully hitting their stride here right at the right time to close out the season. But all in all, West Virginia currently 15-9 and overall on the season and 4-7 and in Big 12 play at the time of this recording. We'll be back to talk about it more and hopefully we'll add a few more wins to the win column of that record here when we return for episode 10 of the CRW Hoops podcast. But appreciate you guys tuning in here to episode 9, whether it was the video version or audio version. Check us out anywhere you can find us. We really appreciate you guys here within the Country Roads webcast community and how you guys always interact with us. And if you want to continue to interact, drop in the comments below your thoughts on these upcoming West Virginia basketball games. Give us your prediction for the game against Texas and your prediction for the game against Baylor. We'd love to hear it, and we'll be back to talk about it here on the next episode of the CRW Hoops podcast. That being said, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those streets.